Welcome to Everything Yesterday This Morning, a 15 to 20 minute daily recap of headlines you may have missed. Come for the news, stay for the snarky commentary. Good morning. Welcome to Monday's edition of Everything Yesterday This Morning. I am your host, literally Heather. I I hope you guys had a great week last week. I got caught up uh, with family stuff. As most of you guys know, my mother had brain surgery to have a tumor removed. So that took priority in addition to my job and my kiddos. So um, I hope that you also had a great weekend. This week, week for me with Palmetto State Armory as it's the last full week of the 4th of July sale. It's also the week that the <clears throat> tennis coming up. I'm so excited to put that firearm into people's hands. In the meantime, however, I have a couple deals for you today. The first is a Vortex Strike Eagle Gen 2 rifle scope with a ring mount for only $319.99 after using the discount code STRIKE. You're saving about $300 on this scope. It's crazy. The second is just an absolutely stupidly amazing deal for a PSA 5.7 complete pistol, a rock, and a PSA PA 15M4 5.56 classic rifle for only $749.99 for both. You get both guns and free shipping. There's no better way to scream independence from an overreaching government than that. As always, these deals are linked in the show description, so please check those out. New York has once again tried to go out and prove that they can be the most ridiculous and authoritarian state in the nation. Pizza joints could be forced to dish out mounds of dough, pun intended, under a proposed city edict targeting pollutant spewing coal and wood fire ovens. The New York City Department of Environmental Protection has drafted new rules that would order eateries using the decades-old baking method to slice carbon emissions by up to 75%. What are they going to do? Stand on top of the oven chimney with the CO2 reader? Do these people know that the very few trees that still exist in New York City get their vital carbon dioxide that feeds them from? Pizza ovens. That's where they get them. All New Yorkers deserve to breathe healthy air. And wooden coal-fired stoves are among the largest contributors of harmful pollutants in neighborhoods with poor air quality. DEP spokesman Ted Timbers said in a statement on Sunday, this common-sense rule developed with restaurant and environmental justice groups requires a professional review of whether installing emission controls is feasible. People like this wouldn't know common sense (laughs) if it smacked them across the face. The rule could require pizzerias with such ovens installed prior to May of 2016 to excuse me, to buy pricey emission control devices with the owner of one Brooklyn joint saying he's already tossed $20,000 on an air filter system 
in anticipation of this mandate. Other iconic pizza joints facing the heat include Lombardi's in Little Italy, Arturo's in Soho, John's of Bleecker Street in Greenwich Village, Patsy's in Turtle Bay and the Upper West Side, and Grimaldi's near the Brooklyn Bridge. Those companies pride themselves on having their pies baked in coal and wood-fired ovens. A city official said that under 100 restaurants total would be impacted. One pizza restaurateur, who requested anonymity, said that the sensitive negotiations are currently taking place with DEP officials on whether to grandfather in or exempt the dozens of colon wood oven-fired pizza joints from the mandate. He said politicians and bureaucrats should stop messing with their crust. This is an unfunded mandate. It's going to cost us a fortune, not to mention ruining the taste of pizza and totally destroying the product. The restaurateur, who has had a coal-fired oven, fumed. I mean, he has a point. If you screw around with the temperature in the oven, you change the taste. That pipe, that chimney, it's that size to create the perfect updraft. Keeps the temperature perfect. It's as much of an art as it is science. You take away the char, the thing that makes the pizza taste great, you kill it. And for what? You really think you're going to change the environment with these little pizza ovens? Under the mandate, restaurants with coal and wood-fired ovens must hire an engineer or an architect to assess the feasibility of installing emission controls devices to achieve a 75% reduction or, oh, I apologize, a 75% reduction in particulate emissions. If this report concludes that a reduction of 75% or more cannot be achieved or that no emissions controls can be installed, it must then identify any emission controls that could provide a reduction of at least 25% or an explanation for why no emission controls can be installed. The restaurant will be allowed to apply for a variance or a waiver but must provide evidence to prove a hardship. Because last I checked, this is a free country, and I missed the day that the Department of Environmental Protection became the arbiter of pizza restaurants. Don't you have some private jet owners to chase down or something? The Department of Environmental Protection officials said that the difficulty in drafting practical rules without negatively impacting restaurants, plus the pandemic, delayed action until now. Because everybody has recovered so well at this point, now you can fuck them over with what kind of ovens they have. The department said it consulted with an advisory committee consisting of restaurant tours to come up with the rule. Yeah, sure you did. Because I'm sure... So many restaurateurs would be in favor of this. What's worse than a city putting its thumb on pizza? States putting their thumb on your wallet. It turns out that the taxes that states have relied on for more than a century to maintain the roads, you can't see me doing air quotes, but you and I know they haven't done shit with those roads. 
are generating less each year due to inflation, fuel efficiency, and the rise of electric cars. I don't even know how to begin talking about how the government is complaining that they're not getting enough tax money because of inflation. Fuel efficiency that they have required to save the planet and the rise of electric cars that they have been shoving down our throats for ages. So, to keep up with those roads, keeping them looking pristine, states are experimenting with various ideas that could replace those taxes. In other words, they're looking at other ways to rob you. In the world that you and I live in, if the amount of money coming in is dwindling, jobs would be cut, contract bids would become way more competitive, expenses would be evaluated and reduced to the bare minimum before you would try to pass cost on to someone else, but not in their world. One proposal that seems to be gaining in popularity, I'm sure it is, would be to charge drivers by the mile instead of the gallon. Goodbye road trips. Hello, rural America. We hate you. Other ideas that have been presented, including taxing electricity from public vehicle charging stations. Another is to tap charges onto door-to-door package deliveries. States are now weighing whether to start making the programs mandatory. I love state and mandatory being in the same sentence. In 2015, Oregon began a pilot program charging motorists by the distance their vehicle travels rather than the gas that it guzzles. To participate, drivers have to plug a device into their vehicle and create an account to capture mileage data. The federal government is about to pilot its own program funded by $125 million from Biden's infrastructure measure that he signed in November. So far, only three states, Oregon, Utah, and Virginia, are generating revenue from road usage charges. Hawaii will join them next. Last year, Colorado began adding a $0.27 tax to home deliveries from Amazon and other online retailers to help fund transportation projects. I am one of those online retailers that Colorado started charging more money for me to ship my stuff. Other states have been testing electronic toll systems. Electric car sales in the U.S. rose from just 0.1% of total car sales in 2011 to 4.6% in 2021. So over the course of 10 years, sales moved up by 4.5%. S&P Global Mobility forecast they will make up 40% of the sales by 2030. According to the Institute's director, Asha Weinstein Agrawal, there is growing support for mileage-based fees, special rates for low-income drivers, and rates tied to how much pollution a vehicle generates. No. There's support for letting people drive whatever the hell they want to, and the government not stealing from us to do so. The DMV and state police take in fees and fines from citizens all year. 
Work with what you have to take care of the roads using those funds. Stop looking for additional ways to screw us over and put your grubby fingers into our pockets. Hunters and Sportsman Group are speaking out against the Biden administration's announcement on Thursday regarding the advancement of prohibitions on equipment used by hunters and fishermen on federal refuges. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service recently unveiled its hunting and fishing rule for the 2023-2024 season. Included in the annual regulation plan is a ban against cost-effective lead fishing tackle and ammunition on eight wildlife refuges by 2026. While environmental groups support the new regulation, hunters argue the government's action could become a backdoor attack on hunting in the United States. This is the latest example of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service creating rules that punish hunters. Again, remember, these are rules by non-congressional members. This is not a law. These are rules. And they threaten conservation funding and advance special interests without sound scientific evidence. And traditional lead ammunition cause, I'm sorry, is causing detrimental wildlife population. Detriment to wildlife population. Oh, man. Um, hunting groups have asked Congress to pass the Protecting Access for Hunters and Anglers Act which was introduced in April by Steve Daines of Montana and 22 other Republicans. The proposed legislation would prevent the Fish and Wildlife Service from instituting bans on lead ammunition and tackle unless the best available science provided evidence in support of a lead ban. According to groups speaking out against this, banning lead ammunition and tackle creates substantial cost barriers for men and women across the nation who are involved in hunting and fishing. They believe the Biden administration's new regulation is preventing Americans from hunting and fishing on public lands. Probably by design at this point. Uh, The U.S. intelligence community has found no direct evidence of a biosafety incident or of the pre-pandemic presence of the virus that causes COVID-19 at a laboratory in Wuhan, China, according to a report released Friday by the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. That report is linked in the show description as well. I wonder if this intelligence community is the same one that told everyone there was Russian collusion in the 2016 presidential election. The newly declassified document added details to a growing body of inconclusive evidence about the origins of the pandemic. The 10-page report, which was mandated by legislation passed by Congress and signed into law in March by President Biden, looked specifically at potential links between the Wuhan Institute of Virology and the start of COVID-19, but did not make an assessment of the likelihood the outbreak began there. Imagine being so beholden to an adversarial country that not only do you not tell the truth about where the virus came from, you fund the laboratory in their country. 
While some lab researchers heightened their risk of accidental exposure to viruses at Wuhan through insufficient safety precautions, and, quote, several fell ill in the fall of 2019, the report found U.S. intelligence agencies remain divided on whether the pandemic began through natural transmission or by accident. The report notes that some scientists at the Institute genetically engineered coronaviruses through common practices, but there was no information indicating such work was done on the virus that causes COVID-19. Almost all the agencies studying this issue assess the virus, quote, was not genetically engineered, it said. Well, almost all is practically everyone, so the science must be settled then. Shut up. Stop asking why we're still giving your money that we're stealing from you to genetically modify and engineer viruses in other countries so that we can infect you with them if we think there are too many of you. The timing and type of the workers' illnesses, quote, neither supports nor refutes either hypothesis of the pandemic's origins because the researchers' symptoms could have been caused by a number of diseases, and some of those symptoms were not consistent with COVID-19, the report said. Do you hear the words coming out of my mouth? Chris Tucker right now. They were working on this. They got sick. But that doesn't support the hypothesis that the pandemic originated there. Like, this is the same scientific method I was taught in school, right? China has consistently denied that the virus originally originated in the Wuhan lab, and a spokesperson for its foreign ministry previously accused the U.S. of a politicization of origin tracing. Because we should believe everything China says, right? Five U.S. intelligence entities continue to believe the virus originated naturally. Two, the FBI and the Department of Energy, favor the lab leak theory, albeit for different reasons. And the CIA and another agency have been unable to make a determination without additional information. The most alarming thing to come out of the sentence that I just said is that we have way too many intelligence agencies or entities. There, I didn't go there. One of the biggest banks in Australia is making significant changes to the amount of cash that customers can withdraw and how much money they're allowed to spend on a daily basis using their debit cards. Westpac is reportedly restricting the amount of cash that customers can pull out of ATMs to 1000 Australian dollars per day, which is about 667 US dollars. In addition, the bank is setting a maximum amount that people can spend using their debit card. That amount will be fixed at 8000 Australian US or Australian dollars per day, which is the equivalent to about 5343 US dollars at the time of publishing. Uh, The change is a big departure from the bank's previous policies. Um, The current limit when tapping, inserting, or making online payments with a debit card is a customer's entire available balance. 
The charges, the charges. I cannot talk today, you guys. You can tell I've taken a week off. The changes follow a report from Australia's central bank that found a sharp decline in the number of cash transactions executed throughout the country. The sharp decline in the cash share of the transactions reflects that most Australians now use cash infrequently. Indeed, 72% of Australians were classed as, quote, low cash users in 2022, using cash for only 20% or less of their in-person transactions, compared with 50% in 2019. By contrast, high cash users who use cash for 80% or more of their in-person transactions now represent only 7% of Australians, a number that's halved between 2019 and 2022. Also, just over half of respondents did not use cash at all during the survey, compared to one-third in 2019. One in 20 participants used cash for all in-person transactions in the 2022 survey, compared with one in 10 in 2019. It'll be interesting. I'd be interested to know those numbers for the United States, to be honest with you. In a moment of irony for all ironies, Nancy Pelosi said in an interview broadcast on Sunday, that Supreme Court justices should have term limits and left the door open for expansion of the nine-justice court. Pelosi was on Inside with Jen Psaki on MSNBC and said, there certainly should be term limits for the justices. That's rich coming from a woman who has been in Congress since I was four years old. Here we have a body chosen for life never have to run for office, nominated, confirmed for life with no accountability for their ethics or behavior. Now, some would argue and say that Nancy has to be reelected and therefore is held accountable. But when you're filthy rich and representing the eighth wealthiest district in the country as of 2014, I feel like you tend to stick together and shut out anyone who might threaten that wealth. Pelosi's comments come a year after the Supreme Court's decision in Dobbs v. Jackson to overturn, they always say overturn, they sent Roe v. Wade back to the states. So I'm not not saying overturned. They sent it back to the states for the states to decide how to handle it. And federal abortion protections, handing abortion regulation over to the states, which is what I just said, sorry. The nation's highest court has come under scrutiny in the wake of the Dobbs decision and recent reports about financial disclosures from Justice Clarence Thomas and Samuel Alito have raised questions about the court's ethics standards as the justices weigh in on divisive national issues. If nothing else, there should be some ethical rules that would be followed, Pelosi said. The court's approval rating dropped to a record low in a recent Knipiat University polling that found that just 30% of registered voters approved of the Supreme Court. Pelosi said on MSNBC that it's shameful how Thomas and Alito 
have been so cavalier about their violations of what would be expected of a justice of the Supreme Court. She added of the approval rating that 30% seems high. Nancy isn't the pot calling the kettle black on being cavalier about violations, thumbing her nose as she makes another stock trade for millions of dollars while the average American is trying to decide how they're going to feed their families. And the reason that 30% seems so high to her is because Congress is sitting at 18%. She can't imagine what that 30 looks like. The former speaker was less definitive about a possible expansion of the court, but said it's a discussion. It's been over 150 years since we've had an expansion of the court. It was in the time of Lincoln that it went up to nine. So the subject of whether that should happen is a discussion. It's not, say, a rallying cry, but it's a discussion, Pelosi said. That is your Monday edition of Everything Yesterday This Morning. Thank you guys for joining me today. Please don't forget to check out the links for Palmetto State Armory. And with that, I will see you guys tomorrow. You guys take care. Have a great day. If you like today's show, be sure to subscribe and turn on notifications so you never miss an episode. Also, please don't forget to check out shouseinthehouse.com and never forget that free men do not need permission from any government. Have a great day.